0: Okay, um, we kick off. Uh, it's uh, uh, not quite our last, but we've had more sporadic seminars than most than usual this year, so it's good to have uh, a few more. So I'd like to welcome uh, You Zhu from Kent and the Centre for Economics of Education at LSE. Uh, and You is like me and uh, Arno and various other people in the kind of, like a, the first wives club. It was the Eam Walker or A's club. Uh, who's, uh, who's um, We've gone on to do other things, uh, great and good, and you're certainly one of them. Um, so he's going to talk about uh, a long kind of legacy of work that he's been doing over the years with, on in economics of education, looking at marital status and parent character characteristics, uh, in other words, education and of mating, I guess, um, with Dan Anberg, who some of you also know uh, from Royal Holloway and various other places. So usual we've got a, you know, he'll take lots of questions so far, and uh, we have little we have about 2 o'clock.
1: Okay. Martin, you're in the chair. Right, okay, thanks Tom, for, hi, 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 hi. for inviting me. Uh, it's a great pleasure to be here. Um, this is joint work with uh, Dan, he's uh, at Royal Holloway. Right, so first just a very quick uh, overview. Yeah, um, this is pretty much an empirical paper uh, which exploits a discontinuity um, in low-level education attainment um, induced by a particular school exit rule, which was um, in operation in the UK, well, in England and Wales, between 1962 and 1997, for 16-year-olds, okay, And it turns out that children who were born before the, the threshold of the 1st of February um, can leave school roughly two months earlier than children who were born in, after this critical threshold. Okay, so we children who are born between February and August um, will be termed required to stay on because they will be required to stay uh, on for another, uh, another term or half term. And we found that those who are Girls who are required to stay on uh, are almost 4 percentage points more likely to hold some low-level academic qualifications, (coughs) comparing to to those uh, who are not required to stay on. And we we can show that the month of birth has no direct effect on the incidence of marriage, although it turns out that it has a pretty strong effect on the quality of, of marriage, okay, so um, women who are required to stay on are more likely to marry males who hold some low-level academic qualifications and who are also more economically active um, in, in, the labour, in the labour market. I'm happy to take on questions as we move on, so feel free to ask questions. Right. Well, it's, it's well known that um, this assortative mating on um, education and this being suggestions that part of the economic return uh, to education for women obtains through the increased probability of marrying a high quality spouse. Okay? And this idea can at least um, date back to John Bannon in his 1974 JPE paper, and also to um, Golding, 1992. Um, Just to quote Claudia Golding, uh, the key return to education for women in the past was in terms of getting better husbands. Okay. So it appears that the, the key question is whether we can interpret this phenomenon as a kind of causal relationship. Okay. Or we'll put it another way, does obtaining more education uh, have a causal effect on whether an individual marries and on whom uh, she marries? Okay, because it's quite plausible that the observed correlation uh, is due to some selection uh, effect. You know, it could be uh, selection on family background, on social circle, um, or even on geographical location where you live matters um, in the marriage market, for instance. Right, since this is an pretty much an empirical paper, I'm going to uh, skip the theoretical uh, model and just focus on the identification issues, okay? So we have a pretty um, simple the- theoretical model just to motivate uh, the discussions. So we can think of at least three possible channels through which uh, education may have a causal effect on marital outcomes. The first possible channel is that it can impact on the number of uh, potential partners one meets. The second channel is the impact on the type of uh, potential partners one meets. And our paper is going to focus on this second um, possible channel. And there's also a, a third channel, which is the potential impact on the probability of any uh, match leading to, to marriage. At ch- channel where you're better at making a good decision.
0: you likely to marry a loser. <laughs> 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 so you make better, you'll better at sorting through yeah. <laughs> See, there's so many comments I make <laughs> No comments on my decision-making.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <It's> okay. okay. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, there seems to be a point being made there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Good point. Uh, actually, there are very few theoretical models uh, of marriage market with premarital investment in education. Um, one example is a paper by Chiapri, um two thousand eight, which assumes um, a ra- rather unrealistic, uh, you know, fr- frictionless uh, market. So in, in his model, um, there's no possibility of remaining single. Okay. Um, okay. Here's our model setup. Right. Let's just consider an economy populated by. Uh, equal size continuums of males and females. Okay, so for simplicity, we can even drop the, uh, the gender um, subscript. Let's just consider uh, the cost of education for individual i. It could be male or female. It uh, doesn't really matter in our simple model. Okay, because we assume that it could be kind of s- symmetric. Well, the cost function is given by this simple expression. Omega i is a function of c which depends on individual characteristics alpha i and and a, a policy instrument z i okay so alpha i could be uh, ability social background uh, and so on and this uh, policy instrument z i could be something like the compulsory sco- schooling rules okay so for that eye to be a valid instrument, it must satisfy uh, two important conditions. the first one is monotonicity that is for any uh, individual eye, uh, those who are treated uh, will face uh, a lower uh, cost of um, investment in education than those who are not treated okay so that applies to uh, all individual i. And the second condition is uh, that of exogeneity, that is, we assume that zi is uh, independent of not only respondent's own characteristics of i, but also the uh, characteristics of his or her potential partner, alpha minus i, and also independent of the uh the the policy instrument of the potential partner. Okay. Wouldn't that compulsory schooling
0: law be a constraint rather than cost? Pardon? Wouldn't that compulsory schooling rule be a constraint rather than a cost? Um. To maximize your utility subject to this constraint that you have to stay in school for a certain amount
1: of time? Yeah, but we can kind of interpret that as uh yeah, it's a constraint which affects the, the cost, the opportunity cost of education.
0: So you're thinking if it's not binding but there is some cost to breaking the law or something? If it's binding, it's not a cost, it's a constraint.
1: Um, Okay.
0: I mean, you can interpret that yeah, it's just it's costly to break the rule in some
1: sense. Yeah, and in practice, the compliance rate is almost hundred percent in the UK. So you, you
0: So you could break the rule, but you could end up in prison. So that's the cost.
1: Yeah. The be- yeah. Be- Okay, I, I, I assume you can kind of interpret it in that way. Okay, again, uh, focusing on identification. Right, following um, the paper by Imbens and Angrist, uh, the weighted average effect of education on, on the marriage probability for compliers. So uh, this is. Um, a local average treatment effect, if you like, can be identified if we observe uh, those three variables. First is people's actual marital status, which is binary. Actually, all of them are binary. Um, a second variable is uh, educational attainment, um, whether they have any or have some academic qualifications. For instance, okay which is affected by this uh, policy instrument Um, and and lastly uh, we can observe the value of the instrument zi which is also binary so we can identify uh, the treatment and control group. So the expression for the every treatment effect is given here. Any questions? Right, um, let's briefly review the relevant uh, literature. Uh, there's only a, a small literature on, on the cause effect of education on marital outcomes, okay? And most of the uh, literature uh, focuses on the timing and frequency of marriages. For instance, the paper by Brever, Rover, and uh, Duflo um, exploited variation over time and across regions. Uh, in the implementation of a large school construction program in Indonesia, and it, they found that education uh, increases a, a woman's age at first marriage, but it doesn't affect their um, the marriage probabilities um, for women in in their thirties, for instance. And there's another paper by Skip. Uh, Skurback et al., 2004, which shows that um, s- increase in age at graduation uh, increase w- increases women's age at first marriage for Swedish women. Okay, uh, they use a Swedish register data. But uh, similarly to the previous paper, uh, there's no effect of education on marriage probabilities by uh, age 45 for instance okay so what you get is only a delay in the in the timing of marriage but not on um, the incidence of marriage um, observed at a, a more mature uh, age and this is slightly Larger literature uh, on, on educational assortative mating, um, the causal effects. Okay, for, for instance, the, the, the paper by Berman and Rosenzweig um, using twin studies, and they found that the correlation between spouses' education uh, using within twin variation is significantly lower than that using just cross sectional uh, variation. And this is consistent with a story of a strong positive assorted mating on individuals' uh, endowments. Okay. Uh, Nevertheless, they, they define a quite large causal effect of women's education on the schooling of her spouse. So, a one year increase in uh, women's education will increase uh, her husband's education by 04 uh, of a year. Um, another paper using Norwegian administrative data by Orupoulos and Savanes found slightly smaller effect, but it, it's also st- still a, a statistically significant. Okay, uh, the point estimate is 0.23, comparing to 0.4 in the previous uh, paper. Um, yeah. The paper by McCreary and and Royer uh, actually is now published in the AER uh, earlier this year, in uh, 2011, using nativity data from uh, the two most populous states in in the US, California and Texas. They found that women born after the school entry uh, cut off, which is, I think, the first of September, Uh, they, they have less educated and younger partners. OK. Um, but one criticism of that paper is that there might be you know, some contamination of the so-called absolute uh, age effects. I'll come back to that uh, later on. Because uh, women born after the age uh, school entry cutoff will end up in a different uh, social group or, or different academic cohort, which will potentially affect... Um, the pool of the potential partners, so it's just not a pure uh, education effect. Okay. Um, another paper is by Lefgren and McIntyre, uh, published in uh, in the Journal of Labor Economics, 2006, using U- U.S. census data, also find that uh, education um, has strong causal impact on husband's earnings, so its wives, um, better educated wives uh, have husbands with high earnings and they interpret that as a causal uh, effect. Although uh, there appears to be no direct effect on, on marital status, it does have a positive effect on the quality of their husbands. Right. So let's get to business. Uh, this paper is, in a sense, quite similar to that of that um, by Lafgren and, and McIntyre, Mac- 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 but uh, we claim that uh, th- th- there's some additional contributions. Okay, the first one is that our identification strategy is cleaner than theirs because we use the we think academic cohort variation um, in school leaving age, which nets out the absolute age effects, okay? Because people born on either side of the uh, school exit uh, cutoff are virtually identical uh, in all aspects, okay? Uh, even in, in absolute age uh, at, at the limit, right? Um, and in this paper, we also focus directly on a- academic qualifications rather than uh, years of schooling. Uh, and I can show you that uh, academic qualifications provide a, a pe- more accurate measure of people's um, actual actual attainment, and it's all uh, more relevant um, for the purpose of our study. and we also focus on spouse's academic attainment and uh, economic activity as outcomes. Um, the advantage is that it, there's less risk of a feedback from you know, um, the spouse behavior. For instance, if you look at the current wage of the partner, you might worry that there might be something going on within the family. That could um, bias the results. It
0: seems, yeah. One way to think about your paper is it seems more about signaling than human capital compared to the literature. Because it seems really, these guys are getting very little extra education. Yeah. It's just someone of are getting GCSEs or O levels or something that they wouldn't have gotten otherwise.
1: Yeah, we are looking at the lower end of the educational uh, distribution.
0: So, is it? Is it really the effect of the qualification or the effect of the human capital? That's the question here. It seems compared to the literature where people are thinking you have an extra full year of education, then you think, okay, that's probably human capital. Here, they're doing an extra two months. I'm not sure what they're doing. They're probably just studying for these exams. Yeah, yeah. uh, So is this so different from randomly giving some people O-levels and seeing what happens to them in the marriage? A
1: human yeah, th- that's a very good question. Uh, I think it must have something to do with the fact that they uh, they gain some minimum level of academic qualifications, which has a signalling effect. Um, okay, so you,
0: so, you, so you interpret this really as uh, probably, signal probably
1: signalling? Probably signalling. Yeah,
0: effect. yeah. Okay. And it's such a difference from a lot of.
1: Yeah. Well, you, you wouldn't expect you know just two months difference will make that much of an effect. Um,
0: it's going to matter for policy.
1: Sure, 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 absolutely. Okay. Right, and in in this paper we're going to argue really hard. Um, about the uh, um, the relevance and exogeneity of our instrument. Okay, We, we, we can argue that the variation in educational attainment induced by this month-of-birth-based uh, school exit rules um, is effectively random, um, because it's Unrelated not only to the to the unobserved individual characteristics, okay, but also to the unobserved uh, characteristics and and, and the uh, uh, value of the policy instrument of the potential spouses. And importantly, um, you you won't expect. Um, the variation induced by this um, particular school exit rule to have any direct impact on the marriage-relevant social groups because for most people, uh, they don't have to change schools or classes as a result of um, this policy. So
0: there's no tendency for people
1: to marry people from similar backgrounds? Well, there's no, uh, no direct effect as far as we can see. Okay. But um, if you use some other commonly used instruments like uh, instruments based on school entry rules, okay, the August-September threshold or the raising of school leaving age, you you might argue that uh, people who are affected might end up in different uh, Academic cohorts and in different uh, social groups, which would be relevant for their marriage uh, market outcomes, unlike uh, our choice of instruments. Okay, so um, perhaps not everyone here is familiar with the UK educational system, so I'm going to uh, talk very briefly about <coughs> the institutional context. Okay. Um, the academic year uh, in England and Wales runs from the 1st of September till the end of August um, in the following year. And the minimum school leaving age uh, was raised from 15 to 16 uh, in September 1973. Okay. And for children who, uh, who went to school between 1962 and 1997, there's uh, one particular school exit rule. Um, Um, in in place. So if you're born between the 1st of September or up till the 31st of January, that is if you're born in the first five months within an academic academic cohort, uh, you'll be allowed to leave school um, at the end of the spring term, just before Easter. So unlike uh, the case in, in, in the US, Children are not allowed to leave school on their 16th birthday in England, and Wales. You have to wait till the first possible um, date, which is the end of the spring term. If you
0: Can you use variation in the timing of Easter across years to get this human capital versus signal thing?
1: We didn't exploit that.
0: Yeah, some years Easter is late. Some years is early.
1: Yes, it, there's some variation. That's true. And children born after this critical threshold were only allowed to uh, leave school uh, on a Friday before the last Monday in May. So that creates a variation of up to, up to two months. Okay, And this continu- continuity um, lead to one term difference, or half a term, depending on which, which way you look at this. Okay one term difference in the lens of schooling during which uh, the critical uh, O-level or, GC or GCE exam takes place. And in 1998, a single point of departure system was introduced. So that, that's now a, a historical feature. Okay. Um, um, we're not the first Want to exploit this this idea? Uh, There's at least one paper by Debono and um, Galindo-Rueda which exploit this this rule, but they uh, only focus on the, the wage returns uh, to education uh, using the quarterly labor force labor force st- uh, survey data, okay, from 1992 onwards. Right. So is that clear about the uh, educational System. Right, so for this project we've pulled uh, UK Labour Force Survey data from 1984 up to 2006. Before 1984, um, the measurement seems to be rather inconsistent. Uh, and after 2006, the, um, the date of birth information was not no longer available. Oh, okay. So that creates um, problems. So by pulling um, more than 20 years of labour force survey, survey data, we managed to create the, the largest regular household survey uh, in the UK. Um, our main sample consists of um, individuals in England and Wales because Scotland has a different uh, educational system. Okay, these individuals are, are born between September 1957 and August 1971. That is, they are uh, uh, subject to the uh, uh, 16, uh, 16 school-leaving age, okay, so it's post-1973 uh, uh, Rosler. Reform, but pre the introduction <coughs> of the GCSE. Okay, so all individuals in those fourteen birth cohorts or academic cohorts are subject to the same school leaving rule. Okay, and we're focused on whether an individual uh, holds any any level of academic qualification. Okay, uh, here what's relevant is the lower end of the educational. Um, distribution. So we're looking at level 1 and level 2 mostly. So uh, level 1 ac- academic qualification uh, here means uh, CSE and level 2 is uh, O level. Okay. Um, in our main sample we, we have uh, 227,000 women who are born and currently living in England a- and Wales. Uh, who are aged at least 18 uh, at the time of, of interview. And for all these women, we can observe their uh, actual marital status and their uh, employment status, not, um, not only of themselves but also their uh, spouses. Okay. Unfortunately, we, we cannot observe the uh, in employment history uh, in, in, in the labour survey.
0: Restricted the, the marital
1: status variable... Well, we use legal marital status bec- uh, for f- uh, for consistency because uh, cohabitation is not consistently uh, defined of, over those 20 years. Okay.
0: Um, what about children? That's so children will be fairly consistent if, if, if a woman has a child yeah. but isn't married?
1: Well... Uh, it doesn't matter for our study because we we, we haven't looked at uh, fertility outcomes. Okay. Okay, it's just some uh, descriptive statistics. As you might expect, uh, women who are married are slightly older um, in our sample. So, the women in our sample are. Um, in in age range eight eighteen to two fifty okay uh so in our regression analysis we'll control for um uh years of survey um academic cohorts and a cubic in uh age in months yeah and also a uh, term uh, for uh, Ethnicity, right? Okay, moving on to results. Uh, First, I'm going to show you the validity of the of months of birth as instruments for uh, educational uh, outcomes, right? Um, And we're going to compare the uh, the effect of months of birth using the two different uh, thresholds of uh, January-February as opposed to uh, August-September. Uh, to uh, September. And we fo- then look at the uh, outcomes, okay, the impact of months of birth on marital status and on spouse characteristics, um, focusing on academic attainment and economic activity or labour market uh, attachment. Okay, Um, so here's a graph showing the distribution of the highest academic qualification by month of birth. So on the horizontal axis, we have month of birth within one academic cohort starting from September, so September, October, November, December. January, then we have this uh, threshold, and then February, onwards, okay, month's birth on the horizontal axis. And then we have uh, different levels of academic attainment, okay. So the blue line shows uh, the proportion with no academic qualification whatsoever. And as you can see, there's uh, a significant discontinuity around the uh, January-February cut-off point. Okay, and there's a corresponding increase, significant increase, in the fraction holding some low-level uh, academic qualifications. Um, very big increase in Level 1 qualifications, and a, sm- a small increase in proportion holding Level 2 qualifications, that is, having um, O-level qualifications. Okay, but importantly, um, There's no discontinuity at high levels, Um, right? You might argue that there's perhaps a small linear trend within our cohort for level one, but we're going to include uh, a linear trend uh, in our regression analysis. Okay, this graph compares the use of the two uh, different Thresholds. It turns out that the August September threshold uh, fails the uh, monotonicity um, assumption. So you, you can see that uh, being born after the cutoff point uh, increases the chance of getting a level one, but it decreases the chance of getting a level two qualification using the. Uh, the school entry threshold. If you use the wei academic cohort threshold, the January February threshold, it turns out that the effect is uh, monotonically um, increasing. So all effects are positive from level one up, up to level five. Well, this is slightly negative, but it's not uh, stat- statistically significant. Okay. It's virtually zero. right now if we control for um academic cohorts uh year of interview and um in a linear trend and so on uh, and a cubic in a, a age absolute age in in in, in months they get this uh picture okay so Using different window sizes, that's using a um, different number of months uh, on either side of the threshold, you can see that the effect of being born after the threshold or uh, being required to stay on has a very uh, robust effect on attaining level 1 qualification for women in our sample. Um, 3.7 percentage, percentage points. Okay, it's remarkably uh, robust. But no effect, well, i can argue that there's a small effect for level two. No, no effect on level three. Um, Marginal effect on level four. Okay, effect of being uh, required to stay on, on age left, full-time education, so using... Um, a popular measure of educational attainment, you can see that, well, there's no effect whatsoever, Okay, Because those who are required to stay on will also report leaving school at age 16. So perhaps that's uh, not totally surprising, that it's it's not the best measure you can use, Okay. Fraction holding some uh, academic qualifications by birth cohorts uh, here we use a red square to denote uh, being born in the first five months, and use a blue diamond to indicate re- being required to stay on. And the two vertical lines, um, this marks the uh, the raising of school leaving age to from 15 to 16. Okay, for people born uh, from sorry in. September 1957 onwards. And the second vertical line uh, represents the introduction of the GCSE. So, this graph shows that uh, the difference is only significant for our main sample period, okay, those 14 birth cohorts. Okay, there's no difference before our main sample because the school leaving age was only 15 at the time, so um, being forced to stay on for another two months uh, d- didn't matter uh, as far as the exam results were concerned. Okay, and there's no difference after the, the main sample. Um, fraction married by a qualification. Um, This graph shows the frequency of being currently married by academic uh, qualification, relative to uh, having no qualifications. So from age 30 onwards, you can see that uh, there's a 10 percentage point difference in marriage incidence between people who have some qualifications and people who have no qualification at all. Um, And a large positive association between attainment and marriage um, emerges from age 25 onwards, as indicated by the slopes of those curves. Effects of uh, being required to stay on on being married using uh, sample of women age 23 onwards. Um, left panel shows the fraction currently married by month's birth relative to, to February, which is chosen as the reference uh, point. The right panel gives the OS point estimates, and the 95% confidence interval uh, of the difference in the rate of being married by uh, required to stay on. So the point estimates are virtually zero. Okay. And the pattern is robust with respect to uh, varying window sizes using 5, 4, Uh, down to one month on each side of this threshold. Okay, now let's look at the uh, OS and IV estimates of some qualifications on being married. Uh, The OS point estimates are quite high and they are significant, uh, around 9 percentage point. But uh, using being required to stay on, we do not find any statistically significant uh, causal effect. Okay, so there's no evidence of, co- of a causal effect when we instrument using this school exit rule.
0: Because the, s- the standard errors of the IV are so high... That yeah, that's that's,
1: that's, that's... But they also have the wrong sign, you might argue, in, in most cases, you know, so... I think we just interpret that as a, a lack of evidence that education has a causal effect. Okay, so use a rather uh, conservative um, uh, interpretation. Okay, so, so far we found that our findings are consistent with uh, the, the, the uh, literature, so standard descriptive findings. Those who invest in education uh, found to be less likely to be married at low uh, ages, but more likely to be married at higher uh, ages, and, but more importantly, we do not find any uh, evidence of a causal effect of uh, holding qualification on the probability of being currently married. So next, we move on to uh, analyse the uh, uh, effect of education on the characteristics of spouses using uh, the subsample of people who are married. Okay. Uh, Two graphs, the left panel shows the fraction of husbands holding some qualifications by wives' months of birth, okay uh, relative to the fe- February reference point. The right panel shows the fraction of husbands who are economically uh, active again by wife's months of birth uh, relative to February. so well th- there's no clear evidence of a direct effect of wives' months of birth on husbands' um, economic characteristics. Okay, so we we want to control for uh, other uh, things like uh, months of um, academic cohort and a year of interview and absolute age and so on. Okay, so now this graph shows the uh, OS estimate um, in husband's characteristics, by wife's uh, requirement to stay on. And in both cases, uh, the p- OS point estimates are uh, statistically significant, except when you use the uh, narrowest window, just one month before and after the cutoff point, because the standard errors tend to grow uh, quite significantly. Right. So women who are born after the threshold are more likely to have spouses with some qualifications, one percentage point more likely, but not 0.7 percentage point more likely to, to have spouses who are uh, more economically active. Uh, that's being employed or being a, a self-employee. Okay. Back to the previous
0: slide. Yeah. It seems there's... If you look at the left one, there's, there's several huge jumps.
1: Yeah.
0: I'm guessing if, if your January February one is significant, the September to October one must be significant. October to November must be significant, <laughs> and November to December looks like it
1: could be significant. Yeah.
0: Um, doesn't that worry you a little bit
1: here? Okay. So well, in in a regression analysis, we we try to control for those, you know. Uh it does look a bit messy. Like
0: whatever's going on with September September October is seems like <laughs> it's
1: Yeah. Okay, well, I'm um, running out of time. Um okay, just look at the OS estimate of Uh, having some academic qualifications on spouse uh, outcomes, Um, turns out that the probability of being married to a husband with some academic qualifications is increasing in women's own qualification levels. But the largest difference uh, obtains between the omitted category, which is level zero and level one. And similarly, um, for husbands who are economically active, the largest difference also obtains between level one and level zero. Okay? So that's a comparison of OS and IV estimation, estimates uh, using the requirement to stay on um, as an instrument. So women with some qualifications are. 18 to 27 percentage points more likely to have husbands with some academic qualifications. I'm referring to uh, this role. And the fact that IV uh, estimates are smaller than the OS estimates suggests that there might be some uh, selection going on. On the other hand, women with some qualifications are uh, about 15 percentage points more likely to have husbands who are economically active. Uh, and the size of the effect is uh, in line with the OS point estimates. So that suggests that most of the effects uh, are causal. Okay, uh, finally, a falsification test. Okay. Um, in this table, we intact the re- requirement to stay on with the uh, dermis for a different sample period. Okay, so it turns out that it's only for our main sample that the uh, requirement to stay on effect um, is significant. <coughs> okay, so the interpretation is that it's the interaction between the school uh, exit rule and, and Rosler that drives the results. If those pupils were allowed to leave school at age 15, then uh, you w- wouldn't observe that effect. Okay, so the five birth cohorts before the introduction of, uh, b- before Osler. Okay, and after the introduction of the GCSE, um, it, the effect seems to um, disappear. Okay. Uh, there's one paper, at least one paper by Buckles and Hungerman, which suggests that months of birth might not be purely random. Okay, um, the that, that study was based on a huge data set, you know, uh, using U.S. birth certificates and, and census data with 52 million observations, and somehow they find that children born in um, in the in the winter, are more likely to come from uh, disadvantaged social backgrounds. So that's one worry. So we use the uh, the first four birth cohorts of the youth cohort study uh, to check uh, whether there's any discontinuity in parental characteristics by uh, the January February threshold, and we also use. Uh, The annual surveys of the labour force survey to check this. So the main finding is that, okay, that's the regression results, nothing significant. So at least for the UK, for the data we use, uh, that doesn't seem to be a big problem. Okay, months of birth is kind of justified. Um, Yeah. Sorry, um, I'm running a bit late. Uh, just to wrap up, uh, in this paper we exploited a uh, his, his historic feature of the school uh, exit rule in England and Wales, which created this nice um, variation within academic cohorts. Okay, um, and we observed a significant difference in the rate of holding some uh, low-level academic qualifications for women, up to four percentage point. Um, but we do not find any evidence of, uh, of a, a causal effect on uh, being currently married okay on the other hand those who are required to stay on are found to uh, to have to have married uh, better quali- qualified husbands and husbands who are more economically active uh, talking about the possible channels um, there are two main possible channels. One is the, you know, through increased marriage market uh, attractiveness. You know, by gaining more uh, education, uh, you probably make yourself more um, attractive in in the marriage market. And the second effect is that effect on uh, social interaction, effect on with whom the individual meets in in the marriage market. Uh, but the fact that most of these people don't have to change class or school uh, suggests that the second channel is is not that in, not important. Okay, so we will argue that it's mainly through uh, the first possible channel. Um, well, the, the the working paper uh, is is uh, released as the. Um, given on this website. CES, IFO. Okay. Yeah.
0: I'm just curious, how are we supposed to understand, or how do you understand or explain why it had no significant effect on male qualification levels?
1: Um,
0: The The extra term. So it only had a Effect on,
1: on women as well. We only looked at women. Um, yeah. No, I think we look at both. But uh, for males, the results are kind of less less precise. Yeah, we find qualitatively similar effects. So there. Yeah, but but n- n- by uh, a lower percentage point. Yeah. Because that might be. I mean, presumably that's kind of interesting as
0: well. We assume that. Whether we it's we have completely separate.
1: Yes. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah.
0: Because you might
1: find, you know, absolutely. But 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 the main trouble is w- 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 using. Who's focusing on um, female attributes is that um, their labor market at attachment is affected by you know, childbearing and, and uh, other things you know. so you need a more um, sof- more s- sophisticated model to to <laughs> deal with you know. it's, it's harder to I- interpret perhaps yeah.
0: Yeah. And there are many people in the data who are cohabiting but never got married. Yes. But you don't look at that sample? Of we, again,
1: data. we will look, that, look, at, look at that, but um, the trouble is that cohabiting is not consistently defined over the years. Right. Yeah, so we're just showing the m- most robust results here. Okay. Yeah? So you, uh, 50% of your sample are married? So Roughly, so yeah. Um, and the average age is 12, what? 12? Uh, average age in our sample is uh, just over 30, I think. So so that seems like a quite low rate of marriage. Well, that's just legal so marriage. Legal. So yes, marriage. excluding cohabitation. Um, yeah, that's all women uh, who are born and currently living so in England and po- Wales. It's a
0: population. It's uh, population
1: data you have, isn't it? Yeah. Well, it's a representative sample. Yeah. So, yeah. it just seems
0: quite low rate of marriage. Um, I was just wondering
1: how it is. It's, 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 I think about 55%. It, like it looks like it Yeah, 50%. yeah. yeah. So but there's, eight a, eight, I um, think there's also a downward trend, if you look at
0: so cohabitation could be, and, it's and it's it being
1: discarded the, the fact that we are using age uh, eighteen cutoff will also lower the, the proportion. If you look at age thirty or twenty five onwards, uh, marriage rates will be high. So
0: even though you cohabitation isn't defined consistently throughout the sample, yeah, um, yeah, that, that that's that uh, you can have um.
1: Using you,
0: you know if they if they have a child as a kind of proxy,
1: for whether or not they are cohabitating or not. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Or multiple children. <laughs> okay. They've <have> multiple children, <laughs> maybe they're cohabitating Yeah. Studied fertility? Mm-hmm. Uh, we haven't haven't. Yeah, that's possible um, extension, yeah. Right, any other questions? Okay, thank you very much for coming.